Hey, Michael, how are you? Not too bad, my friend. How's things? Ah, you know, here we are doing a second bonus podcast this week. Very exciting. Good evening, Birds Down Under fans. Uh, it's Cowboys Week, which means we're not hanging on our regular scheduled programming. We're getting a double dose of Melbourne Mike. Uh, it's great to have you, mate. How was cricket tonight? Uh, really good. A good solid win. Um, navigated the rain. We're in the middle of the uh, the storm cell here, so it's uh, it's been a wet old day for us. And I know I shouldn't complain because in comparison to Sydney last year, we barely got any down here. But still, when it does, you stand there looking at the sky going, what is this rain and why is it happening? So, uh, you know, such is life. I saw that. You guys have got a nice system sitting over top of Melbourne right now. Yeah, and they're forecasting a uh, an eight-week um, pattern of pretty intense rain. So uh, we may have picked up the uh, the Sydney pattern from last year. So we'll see how we go. Oh, boy. Good luck to you, sir. Um, hey, so tonight, everybody, just a reminder, we have, uh, you know, certainly the Eagles' biggest game of the year. I said second biggest because I was thinking <laughs> about the Cowboys' home game being the biggest. But actually, thinking about it further, this is our biggest game because if you lose at home to the Cowboys, uh, it, as I said in the last podcast, it doesn't really matter what you did getting to 5-0. and So, um, Mike, so tonight, as I suggested kind of pre-podcast, I think well, how I'd like to handle this is we both go through kind of where we see our team strengths and weaknesses right now. I have done a yep. little bit of film study on the Cowboys, and if I may just make this comment early, I actually think you guys are playing better than the Eagles um, by a reasonable margin right now. Like, forget Here's the thing, you know, oh, four and one versus five and oh. The only difference is you lost your quarterback playing the Buccaneers, a very, very strong team in the first week of the season. But you've beaten better quality opponents. So, you know, watching your last, that Rams game is impressive. Um, you know, you've shut down everybody you played. So I genuinely say this. I, I really feel like you guys are coming into this playing better than the Eagles are. Well, I mean, potentially. Look, I think... The Rams, we still hold in high regard because they're the Rams. But if you look at pretty much every metric across the league, right now they're 28th, 29th, 30th. So they might be still seen as a good team, but I actually think they're, they're pretty poor right now. But, you know, you never, you never complain about the wins you get, right? Um, you bank them because 4-1 and one is a lot better than I had thought we would be when Dak went down, that's for sure. Well, I mean, you know, you've got to hand it. To, I actually think, you know, this is going to sound strange, seeing that Dak Prescott is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but I actually think the Eagles would be would be better off having Dak coming back this week because he's got to knock the rust off. And I I think because of the fact that Cooper Rush has played so well going 4-0 in his reserve role, I can see Dak forcing things a little bit, coming back, showing everybody, hey, miss, you missed me. This is what you missed. And that's that happens sometimes, right? Like the, when yeah. you have a backup that has success. I mean, geez, Carson Wentz, literally his career folded, <laughs> I think in large part because he could not handle the fact that Nick Foles came in and, and saved the day. Um, so, yeah. you know, and I also think the irony is it's forced the Cowboys to play a brand of football that you're really built for. You're built to pound the pound the rock and run the ball a ton, um, and it's forced you to kind of play that style of game, which I actually think is is going to lead to better balance for you guys. And you're going to be so much harder to stop as a result of this. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's certainly much more reminiscent of the year that Dak came in, right? Yeah, we did have a much better offensive line then, so it made much yeah. more sense. But um, yeah, it's kind of no risk football. Um, Ironically, 
you know, there's a term that's used a lot and for new listeners, you, I'll explain it a bit. It's a term called bend, don't break. It's normally applied to defences. And the concept is, you know, you might give up a lot of plays and a lot of yards, but right near the goal line, you know, where the scoring happens, you kind of clamp down and stop things. In this particular instance, I think the Cowboys' offense has gone to a bend, don't break model. You know, no mistakes, no turnovers, try and control the time of play, limit the risk, and just hopefully wear the game down so that our defense can really step up. And that's certainly what it's been doing. Well, and you do not want to play from behind against you guys. Your pass rush is number one in the league. Um, I mean, Micah Parsons, dear Lord, uh, you know, he I, he <laughs> is the closest thing to Lawrence Taylor. I feel like maybe, jeez, uh, I mean, uh, what was his name? Derek, uh, I'm pulling the Kansas City Chiefs uh, linebacker in the 90s who had a ton of sacks. Jeez. Uh, um, yeah, I know who you mean. I can picture him too, screaming off the edge. Um Jeez. Anyway, to- total. This makes for great total- podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, you know, he he was pretty lethal pass rusher, but I don't really feel like we've had a Lawrence Taylor. Now, for everybody, sorry, we're jumping into we're d- jumping into the the weeds here a little bit. Lawrence Taylor was a linebacker for the New York Giants in the seventies and eighties and early nineties, who was incredibly prolific. prolific. If you remember the Matt Cause episode I had, that that was a game where he actually got badly injured. Um, I happen to see that game live in New York, but Micah Parsons is the closest thing I feel like we've seen from a disruptive like force at linebacker. And the other thing that I find really staggering to watch about Micah is his pass rush is not reliant on one particular thing. He's got incredible power for a guy his size, and then he can run around anybody. So, yeah, just one of the things that has not made me feel terribly uh, confident <laughs> about this game. But I digress. Let's let's open up. Um, I'll open up with where I feel like the Eagles are playing well right now. And then you do the same for the Cowboys. Then we'll get into kind of the weaknesses and what I, you know, where I feel like the Eagles can get exploited vice versa. Sound good? Sure. Go for it. All right. So I think right now both teams can run the ball really, really well, you know, and where the, the Eagles this week, if their offensive line comes in intact, there's, there's word that Jordan Mailata may play, which would be huge. Landon Dickerson, I think it's still too early to tell. He's our left guard who went out of the game twice in the Cardinals game. Jason Kelsey went out of that game as well. So we were down to third string left tackle, backup guard, backup center for a few plays, which is not ideal. But if I think this game for the Eagles' success largely, uh, largely depends on having a healthy offensive line up front. Because if we're healthy, we can run the ball on just about anybody. And we've proven that. Um, certainly against the Jaguars when we played the Jags now, albeit in wet conditions, but they came in as the number one ranked run defense in the league. And I think when the Eagles say we're going to run on you, I think they can do it. Um, interestingly enough, both defenses, Eagles and Cowboys, are actually not terribly strong, you know, as a yards per carry standpoint in defending the run. So the Eagles certainly aren't. Um, I noticed you guys are 4.7 yards per carry. We're five. So um, yeah. I think both teams can, can run the ball on each other. Um, now, the Cardinals game was a weird game. The Eagles played a very strange brand of football there. But if they kind of go back to feeding the ball to A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, like play action, um, I said to you before, if I were the, um, the Eagles game planning against the Cowboys, I would run two tight ends. So I'd have Dallas Goddard and Jack Stoll on the field a lot um, to make sure that your pass rushers have got 
somebody chipping on them. So extra pass blocking um, and then, you know, go two wide, two tight ends, single back. So there's five quarterback, six, five offensive linemen. That would be the, the standard kind of personnel grouping I would go with against you guys. And I feel like that that's something we're pretty strong at. So I feel like that um, that type of football lends itself to playing against the Cowboys. Cause if, again, if you come in pass heavy between Traylon Diggs you know, lurking around like a shark in the uh, secondary and then Micah and, and co. And that's the thing. You guys are not one, one trick pony in the pass rush. Like uh, Demarcus Lawrence looks like he's had a massive revitalization. Who's number 92. He had a big game against the, uh, the Rams for you. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong. Yeah. Second I mean, in the team on sacks, strip yeah. sack, um, Block. blocked Blood. kick. You know, yeah. he's uh, he's playing really well. And he ca- coming off a reasonably good year last year, and he's sort of one of those guys that, you know, third-year player, fourth-year player, could he make a real impact? And, uh, yeah, he's certainly come on really unexpectedly, I think, to this, the level that he has um, in a very short space of time. Yeah, exactly. So, again, I, I feel like the Eagles could, if they play a smash mouth type of offense against you, I feel like that's the only way you can keep the pass rush at bay with the Cowboys. Um, and I think we can play that brand of football. I think last year, if I go back to those games, I mean, we obviously, the second game, we had all our subs in. You guys, you know, scored 56 points or whatever you scored. You broke all sorts of records. <laughs> um, but in the yeah. first game where we were trying to win, um, it wasn't competitive at all. And I think the biggest difference between last year and this year is you swap out Jalen Rager and you put in AJ Brown. Um, so AJ is going to be interesting because I would assume Traylon Diggs will be the one who pulls AJ Brown coverage. And that'll be interesting, right? Both very swe- swagger oriented players. Um, neither are going to back down to each other. So that's going to be a really interesting battle. But I think that's, a, that's a, obviously to me, the biggest matchup that's shifted considerably since the previous year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I feel like that's a strength of the Eagles relative to kind of previous Eagles teams we've seen fielded against you guys. Um, on defense, I really didn't love how we played against the Cardinals. And I I, I think we can, what we can do, and if again, if I was playing defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon's role right now, I would go very, very man-oriented in coverage because Cooper Rush isn't really going to run on you. He's not throwing a ton. I'd have eight men in the box all the time. So we're, we're kind of playing a three, four these days. Um, we'll really yep. more like five man line, but we'll call it a three, four. So again, for the listeners, three defensive linemen. So three big guys, two outside linebackers who are meant to go and get the quarterback and then two inside linebackers and then four defensive backs, the small guys who stop the, uh, the people catching balls. Um, I think the Eagles corners have got to earn their money this week. So you know, manning up on CD lamb, your star receiver manning up on Gallup, um how is Schultz hurt still because he's banged up isn't he yeah he seems to have tweaked his PCL again which is the re-injury of what he was coming back from and I think that was pretty clear last week he he doesn't have I mean Schultz is not a super speed guy but he can certainly over five six yards break away a bit so I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ferguson and Hendershot a lot more this week um because Schultz just doesn't – he doesn't have the burst. And if he can't break away, he's not really a receiving threat and defences can sort of, you know, put someone – put a linebacker on him that they don't have to worry about for coverage. Yeah, well, sure. I, I really respect his game. I think he's a really underrated tight end, actually. And so um, I think where – I think the Eagles, though, can man up on you right now in the style of football you're playing. You know, I think of so many of those terrible Dak Prescott um, games where you guys – 
you know, he throws for four TDs and 350 yards. Amari Cooper, literally, I have in my nightmares. Um, for the number <laughs> he's done that to the Eagles. So I'm pleased that we're getting Gallup kind of recovering and CD's just not seeing the looks that he has just purely because of the style of offense you're playing right now. So I think the Eagles, while they know they're, I think it looks definitively they're going to face Cooper Rush. We man up, make those expensive corners earn their keep. Um, use Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in the slot against Schultz or your third receiver, Noah Brown. Is it Noah Brown? That's his, his name, isn't it? Your third yeah. Receiver. Indeed. Yeah, so I, I feel like our secondary this year can line up against you and go man man on man. Um, so again, listeners, sorry, we're getting into the jargon here. That's where the defensive back <laughs> lines up against the person trying to catch the ball and just sticks to them as close as they can without actually physically touching them after five yards. And just, you know, you take the risk that your your person can man up against their person and get to the quarterback or stop the running back before something really bad happens. So, yeah, that would be the strategy I'd take on defense. Um, Jordan Davis right now, our rookie. Uh, boy, I just watched his film from the Falcons game. Man, oh, man. Like, he's playing nose tackle pretty much predominantly right now. He plays about 30 snaps a game. But, boy, oh, boy. He's ranked right now. The pro football focuses highest ranked defensive lineman rookie um, right now in the league, which, uh, you know, he was a high pick. So that's not that crazy to say, yeah. but I'm very impressed with how he's playing on the nose right now. So we'll see, but your running game, boy, oh boy, it's uh, it is a two headed monster. It's a classic thunder and lightning um, style running game. So what does that mean? Listeners, it means they've got Ezekiel Elliott, who's a real power runner. And then Tony Pollard, who's a fast shifty runner, although he's pretty powerful in his own right. So um Jordan Davis has got to have a big week clogging up that middle in that five-man front. And um, yeah, but your running game scares me. And actually, when I get to it, the player that scares me the most on offense for you guys this week is Pollard. Because yeah. I talk about manning up and running down the field. We're going to have our backs turned, chasing your receivers down the field. It's those swing passes to Pollard or him just getting outside. And, you know, we saw it in week one. The Eagles gave up um, a huge run to DeAndre Swift. Sort of similar style back. He plays with the Lions, fast, shifty back. You know, Tony Pollard's very similar. So Pollard actually scares scares me the most of anybody this week on your offense just because of how I think this game's going to go. Yeah. So anyway, in short, let me summarize. Uh, I feel like A.J. Brown's, uh, you know, if our offensive line is healthy, I think we can run the ball. A.J. Brown's a huge difference from last year. And I think our secondary can match up on you in the style of football you're playing right now. Those are the Those are the three things I think I come to the table with as – where I see our strengths right now. What about you? Yeah, I think that's a really fair way of looking at your team. So, I mean, I think it's clear for the Cowboys right now, and I said this on our season preview podcast, it was going to be the defense that set up this team. And it is obviously a real strength, right? We are second in sacks um, with 20. We're 13th in turnover rate, but that's really lifted recently. Um, our third down percentage allowed, we're 14th. So not super high, but that's been trending upwards. And obviously we haven't allowed 20 points um, across the first five weeks. Yeah. So it's pretty good. And the real thing I think that is, you know, most impressive about this is they're doing it without too many exotic blitzes. Mostly they're rushing four. But as you mentioned, right, between with Parsons being a Swiss army knife, you never know which four are coming. And in those 20 sacks, um, they've come 
with Demarcus Lawrence playing in the middle, not so much on the edge, and he's a big unit, so coming mm. through the, the centre of the guards and overpowering them. But one player that's really stood out to me, and I was surprised to hear this stat today. Um, so at defensive tackle, the number one player in the league for pass-effective win rate is, of course, Aaron Donald, right? Defensive yep. player of the year multiple time. He wins his pass rush at 19.8%. Jeez. Second in the league at 19.6% is second-year Cowboy defensive tackle Osa Odigizua. Oh, yeah. Who is causing all sorts of chaos in the middle. And he's in that old-school model of a trash can full of dirt, right? He is coming through, but he's got surprising speed for somebody as powerful as he is. So there are plays where they're lining up um, Dorrance Armstrong or Demarcus Lawrence or even Micah Parsons next to him which is just causing confusion in the offensive line. So we really need Jordan Malata to not play. Um, that would be very, very handy for us because then you've got a lighter left tackle that Lawrence can go at hard using power and Parsons can go at using speed. Yeah. In the defensive well, backs. If I may just very quickly, that's Jack. Yeah, go for it. He's our third left tackle and he's not a left tackle he's actually a right tackle he never even played left tackle until last week that's the first time he's ever played it in the pros so if we if we're because andre dillard's been hurt with a broken arm so if if we're going yeah. with a lot of again you're playing against our third left tackle and that is not a good matchup for us no and you know that would you would think that would be what they go after and exploit and so you would also think then that um philly would chip over that side with one or two um tight ends as you mentioned right yeah in the defensive backs, we've given up some plays, um, but mostly we've kept it limited. Like there were two big plays against the Rams. Yeah. And in both instances, um, they targeted Trayvon Diggs, but he really didn't do much wrong in coverage. The first one was a deep ball, which was just a beautiful pass. And the second one was Cooper Cup getting a quick release. Well, he's the best receiver probably in the game. Maybe Devontae Adams, you could argue the two, but certainly for quick shifty releases. Um, so it makes it hard. But he is leading the league in passes defensed. Some of that is because they go after him, sure. Um, but his actual pass defense capability this year has been a lot better than previous years. And so his um, interception numbers are down, but his risk-taking has also been down. And then you look at the rest of the, the defensive backs, we've been pretty solid. So in on offense, I mean, the other thing we've done there, like I say, it's been don't break. Like we, are, we only have two turnovers um, across the whole season. So they're not really letting Cooper Rush do anything that could cause risk. Um, they, you know, we're not necessarily strong on points or on yards. We certainly can kick a field goal. Um, yes, you can. Brett Maher in fantasy, you're doing pretty well. He's, he's right here. I'm left, right and center. Right here. I got him. He's great. So, you know, that's been really good. And I think our special teams has actually been one of the best things about it. Like we are number one in return yards allowed. Um, which is phenomenal. And, you know, Brian Anger has kicked really well, although last week he shanked one. But um, I think it's the the whole thing. As you mentioned, right, it's the, the run plays, right? They commit to the run. And because they commit to the run, play action works really well. Um, the other thing I think that they've changed is, yeah, you mentioned the difference between Dak and Rush, right? So Dak normally does first down about 60 to 63% of times out of the shotgun. With Cooper Rush, it's down to about 50%. And... You know, teams are expecting the run because that's what we've done, which does mean that the play-action passing is there. His passing stats haven't looked great, although he hasn't been helped by four really terrible drops in the last couple of weeks, including three of them which would have been for third-down conversions and one which would have been a touchdown. Ouch. So 
what he's doing is safe, solid plays. He's getting the ball out reasonably quickly. He, yeah, you're right. He's not a threat to move around in the pocket very much. Like he can step up into his throws, but he doesn't have the biggest arm. He can play with accuracy, but he's not, you know, like a throwing frozen ropes out there. But he can generally get to the person that's open. And he's got some good-handed receivers when they're really concentrating. So if I look at Philly, the thing that scares me the most is not actually the run game so much. It's the screen game. Because with a defense that's herring up the field trying to get um, passing pressure, screens can absolutely just kill you. And Dallas Goddard is an absolute master at the fake chip block, leaking out into the flat and just taking a ball and running. And the second thing I think that comes with that then is if you're having to worry about that, if you get upfield too fast and you don't contain, Jalen Hurts will be gone. And he is like grease lightning. So we need to be really careful about that, maintain our discipline. And you want Jalen Hurts either moving back and preferably you want him moving left. Because if he can roll right, he's able to throw really clean passes. But rolling left, his passer rating drops by nearly 30 points. Yeah. And... You know, that's not a surprise. Everybody's got one side that they're stronger or weaker on. Um, I think in the last couple of games, Hertz hasn't thrown as well, but I also think sometimes they haven't really, they don't seem to have drawn up a lot of plays to get people open. No. So if I was the Cowboys defense, what I would actually do is I'd put Trayvon Diggs on Devonta Smith and lock him down and then double team um, AJ Brown all day. Just double team him and make it really difficult to get to them. And that way, yeah, okay, they might be throwing to um, Goddard and Goddard's pretty quick, but we can probably get to him and wrap him up for tackles, you know, after three, four yards, as long as we don't lose the gap discipline on our pass rushing. Yeah, I think that's, it's a logical strategy that I would take for sure. One of the things that... um, you know, Jalen in the last couple of weeks has not handled the blitz very well. And it's interesting you mentioned you guys aren't really a big blitzing team because you don't need to be. You know, you get pressure from your front four, your front five. Um, and so I'll be curious to see because Dan Quinn, your defensive coordinator, is a very smart individual. And he's seen tape now. The, the Cardinals really got after Jalen and really made him uncomfortable. And he didn't keep his eyes downfield. Um, so every time extra rushers came in, extra people trying to sack him for the listeners, uh, he as opposed to just trying to quickly throw the ball away. He was, you know, ducking his head and trying to run out of, away from pressure, and the Cardinals were fast enough that they could track him down. You guys are yeah. faster than the Cardinals' defense. So, you know, Mike is faster than Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, uh, who's that rookie? You Sam, Sam Williams? Sam? Sam Williams. Yeah, he's quick. Yeah. He's, he's a bit raw, but, but, you know, he's really been doing well. Um, Floyd has been good. The one, if it comes to blitzing, where we've had real success is um, fourth-year safety Donovan Wilson. Yeah. Um, he is a kamikaze. Like when he comes, he's coming to do one thing, and that is to hit you with everything that he has got. Um, he put a couple of absolutely eye-watering hits on um, Daniel Jones when we played the Giants, and he goes from zero to flat out in no time at all. So it's things like that can do well. For us, I think the big return is um, Jaron Curse looks like being back. He can cover tight ends. He's fast enough and big enough. So he makes a difference because Wilson, whilst he's a very violent and flash runner, he can, as a result, then overshoot things a little. And he's not always the most sure tackler, although he does lead the team in tackles this year. But I would feel much more confident if it was J. Ron Curse on Goddard, um, really watching that. 
And I think the great thing the Cowboys have, you mentioned speed, yeah, because normally with a rushing quarterback like Hertz, you would have a spy on them, right? But the spy's generally not quick enough to keep up. But I think in the Cowboys' case, I mean, whether it's Parsons or whether it's, I mean, Doris Armstrong has no slouch on the speed and, you know, um, Lawrence is actually a really sure tackler in the run game. So I think if we can keep Hertz moving back and having to wait for some time, because he's not the tallest quarterback and you don't have to be, but um, if you're going backwards, it's a lot harder to get the ball out to the plays that you want. And I think that's really for us, it's going to be the, the key as we've done all the way along. You know, they just, they seem happy to punt the ball away or kick a field goal rather than take a risk on getting, um, you know, intercepted. And, you know, to date it's worked really well. Now it's true that Cooper Rush has only played from behind, I think, on 12 or 13 snaps so far this year. So they've been able to kind of keep the games close and just grind it out. If Philly get ahead and they have been fast starters, um, then that could cause some complications. And I'm not really, I wouldn't want to shoot out. I don't think Rush has quite got the arm talent to do it. I know he did it in the game he started last year against Minnesota. He came um, When he came into the game, I think we were 14 points down already. Um, but I just don't see him being the kind of guy that can chuck the ball around the yard for 300 you know, yards or so and, and four TDs to catch up a game. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. It's, it's probably better you guys keep it very close. And, you know, the point spread the last I checked was Eagles fair by five and a half. That is really rich. Anybody who's a better listening to this, you should definitely be taking the Cowboys. Like, you, you should not be touched. This game will be... I mean, who knows? I, I shouldn't say it's going to be close because we've been blown out so many times. But you guys, I, I, I'm <laughs> genuinely scarred from these these blowout losses we've taken. That you know, as 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 much as I want to say I think it'll be close, like I have PTSD from you know too many too many lopsided losses to to comfortably say that. <laughs> um, but you know, let's this will be interesting. I, I, you know, this is going a little off script here. Let's name one player from both teams that has to do something that has to step up um, for this game, you know, for the, the field to tilt in the advantage of either the Cowboys or the Eagles. And for, for me, as I sit here thinking about the strategy you just laid out with locking down A.J. Brown, um, with, you know, d- double teaming him, taking, uh, you know, putting Trayvon Diggs on Devontae Smith and then using Curse on Goddard, that leaves uh, Kez Watkins, our third receiver who can run and can can get deep on defenses particularly out of the slot i think he's a guy that i think about in this game that needs to step up his game if the eagles are going to kind of catch the cowboys in a look that's maybe not what the cowboys want the eagles to do to them so i think that's that's the name i throw to you is our third receiver kez watkins who's fast plays out of the slot Um, i think he's a guy that needs to have a big game here if you're going to in fact take that strategy you just described which dan quinn would be logical to employ um, who, who on your side do you feel like needs to have a big game um, for the Cowboys to kind of uh, put, you know, tilt things in their favor? Yeah, and I agree with you on Watkins. Um, you know, the, the big play that we gave up against the Rams was Tutu Atwell just streaking down the field. So you can, if you can cause the safeties to have to hang back, it gives you those running lanes. And that, you know, certainly I think is, is a valuable thing for you. Um, for me, I think it's whichever of the tight ends that plays more of the snaps, and I hope it isn't Schultz this time around. I, I, I hope they could tail him a bit because Ferguson and Hendershot have looked good, right? They're big. They're very big. Like they're both well over, I think, six foot five. Um, they're reasonably strong and not sort of, you know, terrible blockers then. And they can just create a little bit of chaos 
in the line either as a chip blocker so that Pollard can just explode through or again leaking out because no, you can't defend everybody, right? And that's the thing. And I think if you're the Eagles, you'd be quite happy for it to be, you know, Hendershot or Ferguson that has to beat us. And if it's not them, then maybe Noah Brown. Um, you know, he's had a couple of big weeks. He, he's been a little bit quieter recently because I think a bit more attention has been paid to him. But with Gallup back, either Brown or one of the tight ends. And I realise that's cheating because you said pick one, but hey, why not? You know, we're the away team this week, so we need to stack the deck as much as we can in our favour. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think uh, I come back to Pollard for you. You know, I think he's already doing it. So it's not necessarily a wild card to say Pollard. But again, he just scares me because if we go with the alignment, I believe we should. Again, with the four defensive backs, you know, somebody potentially over the top helping with CD Lamb, one person taking your tight end, and then one person in, in, when you run kind of that two tight end, two receiver set. Um, then Pollard's going to be covered by a linebacker. And I just don't like that matchup for us. Our, you know, yeah. TJ Edwards, our kind of classic middle linebacker, definitely would not be able to cover Pollard in the flats. Kaiser White, who we got from the Chargers, he's a decent cover guy. He was a safety in college at West Virginia, but I still, Pollard's a tall order for any linebacker to have to cover. Um, and he just, yeah, he scares, scares the heck out of me. It's interesting, you know, home field advantage in this game will play certainly a role as long as you don't get the crowd out early. Like as, as rabid fans, as Eagles fans are, there's so much kind of anxiety and tension in the crowd when the Cowboys play that yeah. if the Cowboys get up early, let's say you're up 10 nothing at the end of the first quarter, um, you can definitely get the crowd out in Philadelphia um, as much as they have a reputation, a well-earned reputation for being pretty rabid and loud, they can be taken out. And so if the Cowboys jump up early, like that, that scenario, I just can't see how the Eagles come back because you'll lose the, the crowd will be out. Your defense is built to play from a, from a lead and pass rush, you know, just the living daylights out of a team playing catch up. So yeah, it's, um, I, that's where I hope that the Eagles can, you know, get up early or at least have it close so that the fans are engaged the whole time, because, you know, we, we know what it's like. There's nothing worse than when your home team, the fans have kind of got to the state quite early where they, they don't think it's possible you're going to win. And then they're just not really, they're not really putting the effort in that you need them to on third down. We kind of, I don't know if you heard this <laughs> Explain that in the last podcast, our critical home field advantages when it comes to crowd noise. But that cuts both ways, because if your fans aren't making noise, then it's not a big deal that you're playing in an opposing stadium. It's only when it's loud that it's a problem. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point that you make, because normally what you see then with that, right, if you've got really rabid crowds, you get a bunch of penalties against the opposition because they can't hear. Yeah. And the Cowboys are a relatively heavily penalized team. Not as bad as we had feared, but still not great. We are drawing a lot of penalties, but that's mostly the speed of the pass rush, which is causing people to just freak out and hold. Yeah. But if you look at the Eagles, they've only they've given away 29 penalties, which makes them pretty low, but they've only drawn 22. And they actually draw a small number of penalties at home. And I wonder if that is the crowd not quite being as amped up. And so you know, the offense doesn't have the same false start challenges that you can get or, you know, someone freaking out because they don't quite hear the play properly and, and holding somebody or doing things that aren't quite there. And it might just be they're really disciplined and they play really sensible. But normally speaking, a team that runs as much as Philly, you would have thought they would have drawn a few more holding penalties. So that either means that their line is so good at blocking that no one can hold them. And that might well be the case because you do – you know, you do lead the league in rushing touchdowns and you have a really, really efficient 
running game when it gets going. But it was just, it was a real anomaly when I looked at, you know, the stats comparing the two sides, how few penalties you'd actually been able to draw um, from your opposition. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I didn't know that stat. So good for you delving into the uh, the weeds of statistical <laughs> analysis. That's uh, that's an interesting interesting nugget. We'll see if that plays a role. You know, I'm going to come back to a point you made earlier, and actually, I think this is potentially where the game is won and lost is special teams. Um, we that's easily the weakness. You know, um, Tennessee John raised this in the podcast two days ago. Was the third phase of the game, which is the kicking game, and you know, I, I've watched you guys. That you know, it's funny. You go back to our podcast in the preseason. I, I made a joke about the punt returner who scored two touchdowns in a preseason game. And you made the comment at the time, oh, he won't even make the roster. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's made the roster and he's making an impact. Yeah, he has. Look, he's very safe in terms of fair catching. But if he does get a sniff of an opportunity, he's up the field for 10 yards in no time. So, yeah, Turpin, and they've been trying to use him a little bit in offense, although not much. I could, it's the fake jet sweep. I'm still waiting for them to really give him a go because he he is grease lightning. Like if he gets half a gap, he makes Pollard look like a plotter. Um, but yeah, for you guys not having Elliot um, has obviously been a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And J yeah, so between Jake Elliott potentially not playing, um, although, yeah, we have a kicker named Dicker, so that's always, you know, being <laughs> risky. Um, but our, our cover units have been average. We've allowed a blocked field goal. We've, you know, our punt returner, Britton Covey's really, not, not, you know, he's had a fumble. He hasn't done much with the ball in his hands. That's a huge disparity in the two squads. Um, like where I look at the three phases of the game, I feel, feel like that's the biggest disparity of the, the, of the squads. And let's be honest, if it is a close game, special teams can can ultimately be the, the decider in these types of games, right? Yeah. I mean, look, as I mentioned, we are number one in yards allowed. So we are getting downfield and teams are taking so many fair catches because you've got the cover guys in front of you. Um, Second-year cornerback Kelvin Joseph has been a revelation this year. He had one bad play last week where he overshot the guy because it was a shanked punt. But on the full booming anger punts, he is literally inside the punt returner's, you know, jersey when the ball's coming down. And the few times teams have tried to come back, they have been tackled pretty hard. And it has, you know, really put a dent in the game because flipping field position like that is absolutely critical. And I think it's one of the reasons why the Cowboys are so content to say, look, on third down, we're not going to try anything silly because we'll just boom the ball away we will trap you somewhere in your own 20, 15, sometimes even a 10 or a five yard line and make it a grind to get out of there. And um, yeah, Brett Maher has been amazing. Now we we had, last week we did start for the first time in many, many years, a new long snapper. Um, our um, regular guy is out and in fact out for the season. So we had to bring in a random guy who's, who started in the league. I can't even think of his name. He's that random. And so the first point after attempt um, the ball was snapped terribly, but after that, they seem to get it right. And the reports from practice are that they're really nailing it. Because Brett Mahu is a real confidence kicker. You know, it's his second time around on the Cowboys. The first time around, he was best known for having a better percentage conversion of over 50 yards than he did from 20 to 30 yards. Um, this time around, he has been money. Um, and he is a threat to kick from, um, you know, from 55... Absolutely, to convert from long, long distance. So if it is close and we need a field goal to win, 
it could be a short field that the Cowboys need to actually get that. Oh yeah, no, he's his leg. He's <laughs> again. I've watched the highlights of all of your games. I mean, his his leg just seems endless. I, the guy is just he's he's incredible. So um, yeah, you've definitely got a, a leg up. <laughs> oh, oh, dad joke well done i see what you did there yeah, very <laughs> now let's talk through scenario which is unfortunately very realistic here the jack driscoll starts at left tackle for the eagles third string offensive lineman landon dickerson doesn't start so sue opetta plays in at guard that changes things so dramatically for the eagles they didn't do this last week but they would be forced to against you guys where um you know, frankly, I can't see how Dallas Goddard would run a lot of patterns. He would have to stay. He's a good blocker. He'd have to stay in yeah. and block and properly be part of the blocking game the whole time. So if you get if you get that look of a third string to left tackle in this game, um, boy, oh, boy, I, I will be very curious to see how the Eagles scheme around that because they just this is not we're not talking about playing the Jaguars here. We're not talking about playing the commanders. We're talking about, you know, the, the le most lethal pass rush in the league. So. Yeah, I fear that outcome the most is that Jack Driscoll's playing left tackle, and yep. he got he got turnstiled a lot against the Cardinals. And boy, oh boy, I just because uh, then we got to keep our none of our backs. I I wouldn't call you know Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, um, none of Kenny Gainwell. None of them are great pass protectors. So it's not like we have that one running back where you're just like, ah, oh, you know what? That running back super sound as a blocker in the backfield. I think we'll be fine. We don't really have that. So. Yeah, if uh, if that's the look you get from us, geez, um, it's going to be a long day for Philly. I uh, I really worry about having a. I mean, let's be honest, any team with a third string left tackle is going to struggle. Um, yeah, but yeah. against you guys, that's blood in the water. Yeah, it would be interesting because I mean we started to see the defenses, you know, really key in. Uh, sorry, the offensive lines really key in on um, Parsons, right? Because yeah. he lines up all over the shop. He does some beautiful twists and stunts. You know, he'll be on the outside and he'll break underneath and come suddenly through the gap between the center and the guard. Right. So if you've already got someone who's a little uncertain, that might well mean you're right that they put got it out there. So you put Parsons over there and all the, you know, the, the play is read toward that side. And that's what's left Armstrong and Floyd and Williams and Odigizua with so much space to run because everybody you hear on the coverage, you know, like, where's 11, where's 11? They're just looking for Parsons all the time for good reason, right? Six sacks and in last game, he actually didn't play large chunks of the third and fourth quarter because he's a little bit banged up. So they were taking him out and letting him rest and they were just bringing him in on the obvious passing downs. And even though everyone knows, all right, there he is, he's going to rush, he's still getting home. So yeah, a lighter player, particularly Driscoll, right? I mean, Maialata's huge um, and strong. Um, but I think it's it's not dissimilar for us, right? Connor McGovern um, has had a high ankle sprain and he's he's been solid, but he hasn't been great and could be taken advantage of. And Jordan Davis coming through the middle is some is a sight that terrifies me. I mean, as you mentioned, <laughs> you know, he's he's a he's just a human mountain, but moves at speed, and you have to double team him. Now, if um you know, Peters is healthy enough to play a bit at uh, left guard. And ironic, on our last podcast, again, we talked about not that many players crossing over from, you know, Eagles to Cowboys and vice versa. And here we have, you know, your long, long, long time legendary left tackle actually playing at guard. If he's out there, I've got much more confidence because he's a big unit. Yeah. And so Tyler Smith and um, Peters together 
would be a heck of a, a line to try and, you know, get in the way of and would be really good for our running game. So, yeah. And you know what I really dislike about that is that Peters is coming in with an axe to grind. Um, and I, I, was reading, <laughs> I was reading some quotes from him in the last couple of days. And, you know, it's funny. They were saying he was going to be out for multiple weeks with, I think, with a pec injury. Right. And then all of a sudden he's like, yep, no, I'm fine. I'm practicing. Um, yep. And he's a spiteful man. And he will want to come in and grind whoever's in front of him into the ground. And he, he's still a big unit. He's still a powerful dude. Um, so, yeah, I don't love the thought of Peters playing guard against us this week uh, at all. I mean, he'll, he'll pull Javon Hargrave or Fletcher Cox most frequently for playing a five-man line, which, again, if I'm the Eagles, I'm playing a five-man front against you the whole time because yeah. you'd be foolish. You know, what? I, I, it's, it's funny. Um, Hassan Reddick has been really strong for us. So four and a half sacks now. He's actually kind of Micah Parsons light in that he's not just a one-trick pony pass rusher. You can actually drop into coverage. He, he can move around the formation quite a bit. And another, another guy that can actually bull rush an offensive tackle and should have no business in doing that. Um, so he, he brings sort of a similar skill set. He's just not as good and not as big and not as instinctive as, as Parsons. Um, yep. But I don't like him in a four-man front. So listeners, sorry, we've probably gone into the weeds here. And I'm <laughs> Stop pretending we're going to break this down in, a, in layman's terms for you. But um, in a five-man front, I like him because he's then way out, outside of the tackle and he's going to get advantageous looks. But when he's playing in a more of a traditional kind of, uh, you know, outside shade, four-man four, four front technique as that left end, I just I don't like him nearly as much in that role. And so, yeah, I... Again, I just really hope Jonathan Gannon looks at this matchup and says, I'd rather, you know, for once, I'd rather lose by the pass with you guys. I'd, I'd never have said that in yeah. a game, but in a, in a Cooper Rush game, um, I'm happy for you to beat us in the air. And I'd much rather just know that we've got as many people deployed to try and stop your running game as possible. Yeah, and that, that absolutely makes sense. Um, you know, you want that. And that's the time when you're right, the Pollard could become more valuable because that quick pitch outside and the, you know, the hit the jets and go um, could be the thing because then your linebackers can't get over. And, you know, Slay and Bradbury are not terrible tacklers, but they're not shifty enough and, and I think strong enough to really be able to, you know, meet up with Pollard on the angle if he gets to the outside. Totally agree. Um, neither of them, like they're there to, you know, they're there to stop passes from getting completed. They're, they're neither of them, I would call, great run defenders. Particularly Slay did not have a good game against the Cardinals. And, I, you know, it's interesting. Um, the Cowboys, that Cardinals tape is going to give the Cowboys all, all sorts of um, sinister plans because you know, <laughs> the Cardinals the Cardinals ran the ball down our throats, honestly. They really did. And that was with um, Connor going out of the game in the second quarter, and they still ran the ball down our throats. And so you'll, you'll look at that, and it'll just em embolden you to keep your, you know, your game plan is, is not going to adapt at all here you should be doing exactly what you have been doing um but yeah you will, see, you will see our corners not do a good job in run support and man you know ezekiel elliott will be doing that stupid eating motion he does <laughs> really like, god damn it um i really don't want to see I, when he does that fucking eating motion pardon my french people for the kids out there sorry for that that was an eating <laughs> that eating motion he does just drives me insane i really don't want to see that but i'm pretty confident i will well, look, I think, you know, it, it's a little hard to compare the two rushing offenses because against the Cardinals, you've really got to account for Kyler 
right? Yeah. And so I know you were kind of like putting a bit of a spy on him because he's like he was Hurts before Hurts was Hurts, you know, in the league, right? So he's as much a danger to run and get outside as you can. So Rush, you know, I mean, think the next time he does a rush, you know, dad jokes, we're coming out thick and fast now. The next time he does a rush, I think it'll be the first. Yeah. He's not exactly, you know, I mean, well, that's not true. He can he can move around a little bit and he will take a couple of yards, but he's not going to bust, you know, like a 10-yard run anytime soon. He's not yeah. going to break contain, get to the edge, you know, and scoot down the field and pick up a first down by just going over the sideline. So I think he can be more disciplined and set. And because you know if Elliot's running, he's coming through the middle. That's his game now. He's not really an outside play anymore. Um, although he does go well behind Terence Steele at right tackle, who's a surprisingly good run blocker for not a massive right tackle. Um, you know, and for an undrafted free agent, he's done amazingly well. And these are the things you sometimes have to, you know, hit the jackpot on. So he's yep. a reasonably good run blocker. And so they can do a bit of a, you know, a trap or pull across that way. And Tyler Smith is fast enough to really get over and create you know, some extra work for them there. So that would probably be what I would do is you try and move those, that D-line around, even if they are playing a five-man front, you want to get them going sideways to sideways because that's when you can then bring Pollard in. And they've been very smart, apart from the Tampa Bay game where they really overused him and it showed that there's a reason why he's a very, very good change of pace back and you should have him in for, you know, four or five plays and then let him sit down. He's done really well in that you know, 65-35 split with Elliot. Because Elliot, it just seems, can run through brick walls all day. And then you just bring Pollard out there, and just as everybody's starting to breathe and settle down, he's gone. That that run for the touchdown against um, the Rams was both a beautiful design, but it was also just there was a blink of an eye for him to get through the gap, and he was gone. And by the time the defenders started to try and aim up to tackle, he could get his shifty moves going on, and he was away. Oh yeah, I mean that run, the the Bengals touchdown run he had down the sidelines. I mean he's he's a threat every time he touches the ball. It scares the hell out of me, to be honest with you. Um, hey, we somehow hit the forty five minute mark. <laughs> Riffing on this game is great. Um, who, if if the Cowboys win, who's your MVP of the game? Um, I think it will be CD Lamb. Okay. I like it, and I, I mean it makes sense, right? Because for all the things we've just t- discussed. The Eagles have got to, they've got to play an eight-man front. They've got to stack the box and put a lot of people focused on the run. And if, and CD is one of the hardest guys to cover one-on-one. And if Bradbury or Slay is not up to the task, um, you know, he's going to get over top of them. And it'll be a yep. play action. Let's be honest. We know exactly how this looks. It'll be first. <laughs> you guys will have just had two or three first downs, you know, off the, you're probably sitting on the 40-yard line of your 40-yard line. You've had two first downs running. It'll be first and 10, play action, down the sidelines, and we all know how that goes. So I can yep. see it. Um, for the Eagles, I think if we, uh, you know, if, if we come out of this game victorious, it's probably it's probably A.J. AJ Brown. Um, because yeah. If you've negated A.J., like he didn't do a lot last week. Um, if you've fully negated A.J. with your strategy, um, which I think is a very sound you know, strategy, I might add, um, that means that a whole bunch of stuff didn't work for us in the passing game. And yeah, I, so AJ Brown to me will be the key to the, the success for the Eagles on the offense. So it's interesting. We both went wide receiver, despite the fact we spent <laughs> the whole time talking about how critical the running game is for both teams. Right. Yeah. And I mean, maybe that's just the modern game, right? I mean, I know offense is down, your know, scoring is down, but still the, there's a reason that, you know, you guys gave him a huge amount of money and traded quite a lot of assets for him and why yeah. I think the Cowboys will do the same. 
in one play, these guys can break open a game. And with three plays, they can have, you know, like 110 yards and two scores and a pass interference penalty, which has just totally changed the entire complexion of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, look, being honest about this, and I, I wish I didn't feel like this, I actually think that you guys will win. Um, I think that overall you're better on both sides of the ball, right? You are a good defensive side and you are a good offensive side. I think you're still the only team in the NFL that's ranked in top five, both in offense and defense. I know you have played some softer teams, and that's true, but you can only beat who you've got in front of you. Um, and I think you will win. But, you know, when we did our preview at the start of the season, I said it out of our first six games, if we were three and three, I'd be happy because we had a pretty tough schedule. If we end up at four and two after six, I'd be thrilled. And really, I think this is the game that decides the division because you have, according to the strength of schedule, I think the second or third easiest schedule for the rest of the season. Yeah. So you are unlikely to lose too many games. We have some tough games still to come. So for Dallas to win the division, we need to sweep you. And so this week we have to get it done. But I don't think that – I think with Dak, I would feel really confident. I think with Rush, I you know, we're competitive. But I think in the end, the ability for you to run the ball and do enough then in the passing if, again, we start sort of selling out to stop the run, I think that'll be the difference. Well, I um... – I have to say, you know, I, 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 I mean it when I say it. I do think you guys are actually playing better football right now than us. And I think as far as defenses go, I think you have the stronger defense. And you play a style of football that does not gel well with Jalen Hurts' weaknesses. So, um, and if, you know, if we see Traylon Diggs getting a couple of interceptions and you guys are getting strip sacks and stuff, you know, I, uh, and, and I'll say this right now, if the Eagles are fielding two backups, uh, two of five backups in the offensive line, which is possible, um, you know, that changes the equation of a lot of things in this game. So, yeah, absolutely. If that happens, then I would say it's much more of a, a, a 55, 45 Cowboy shade. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, we've still got a few days left to, to work it out. And obviously I think the Eagles will be doing everything they can to get those guys onto the field, even if it's only for half the game just to even things out for you, for sure. Ugh, well, we'll see. I mean, just from a pure, purely getting to see, you know, our, our goal, our, uh, our golden child, our, our uh, local boy here, get out on the field. <laughs> you know, uh, that's obviously a lot of the listeners, all six of them would, uh, would love to see Jordan out there. So we'll see. But um, if he's one armed, that may not be the best thing for us. So we will see my man, but uh, Hey, listen, this has been fun. Somehow 50 minutes is coming on and uh, we could have probably done this for three hours if I wasn't watching the clock. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, good luck, mate. Um, whatever happens, may the best team slash Dallas win and, um, you know, catch you up on the other side and we'll see how it all played out. Yeah. Well, we'll see how, how, how close to the bone we get from a prognostication standpoint. Absolutely. Good luck to you guys and uh, keen to do our recap show once the game's over. So whether we do it on the Monday night or the Tuesday, we'll just have to figure that out. But mate, um, best of luck to you guys and we'll talk again. All right, mate. Take it easy. Bye for now. Yeah, bye.